so I, uh, I had all these thoughts this weekend. Um, as you guys know, I'm dealing with this like state farm issue with my house and I feel so like, woe is me. Cause it's taking so long and I have to keep living in these beautiful rental houses for longer and I can't <laughs> get back into my house. And, um, and so I've been thinking a lot about that in my perspective. And then, you know, I've been thinking a lot about just like all the challenges that pastors in America are facing, like whether or not to make their church wear masks and stuff like that. And then I heard the news yesterday about Afghanistan. And, and for me personally, uh, and this is a confession as much as it is anything, it was this wonderful perspective shift to say, okay, there are Christians in Afghanistan right now who have no advocate. The Taliban who hates them is in charge of the government and is they have no one to call, they have no one to reach out to. There are Christians and you know just other people in Afghanistan right now who are literally having to flee for their lives. They're gonna to move to a place that they've never been before. They'll never go back home. They'll never see some of their family members and friends likely again in this life. And this is what, these are my brothers and sisters, many of them in Christ. And so it, for me personally, it was just this wonderful perspective shift to realize that any little issue that I'm dealing with is so light and momentary. And God has been so kind and gracious to me and to our church and to churches in the United States in particular um, when really our, our brothers and sisters in Christ who love our Lord, who serve him, who, who in probably most cases have a deeper and more genuine faith than any of us do are serve or facing, um, just some very, very challenging situations. So I just wanted to spend a little time. I've got Josh Youssef on the phone, who of course works with the ministry, help the persecuted, which helps persecuted Christians all over the world. Jeremy Brooks, who kind of oversees our missions emphasis and outreach here at Christ Covenant and, and Barrett Fisher, who's head of our discipleship ministries, but who spent, is it 14 years? I, I keep saying yeah, 13, 14, 14 right. years or whatever it was in Southeast Asia as a missionary. Um, and so I just would love to kind of have a little bit of a conversation with you guys about thinking globally about what God is doing and, and not just about what God is doing, but, but the, the real situations that the people that we're going to spend the rest of eternity with. Um, our brothers and our sisters in the Lord, the the kind of things that they're facing and, and maybe how we as Christians who are in a very privileged and blessed kind of situation uh, can come alongside them, can pray for them, can respond, can engage with them. You know, Jason, thanks for this, you know, opportunity to kind of talk about this issue. I mean, if we think about it, the majority of the world church is under persecution. Sometimes I think we think that the church in America is the, you know, is the church, the global church. But the reality is, is if you, you take out Western nations, Europe, United States, Australia, Canada, and, and South America, you're left with the majority of the population, China, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, Middle East, North Africa, all under some form of of persecution, whether it be sort of societal systems that are in place that prevent Christians or try to prevent Christians from living out their faith, or you know, even nations like you know, Barrett can speak to this. You know, in Indonesia, it's just it's it's constantly in flux. You, you might have a sweep of power of kind of an extremist group that could crack down on churches at any moment. Uh, 
and you have little smaller groups of terrorist organizations which are persecuting Christians. Um, and so really we, we, we have to get a global kind of perspective on this that um, the, the majority of the church worldwide is on some form of persecution, whether it be civic death or, or you, know, you know, outright kind of physical torture, imprisonment type persecution. Yeah. And I, I would add to that, Josh, um, you know, oftentimes when we think of persecution, we think of like people dying or, you know, um, being physically harmed or, or things like that. But in a, many of these countries, the church is persecuted because it's so oppressed. Like you're not able to worship openly and freely and so they have to, you know, hide in secret and are constantly like playing these kind of underground games just to gather together mm. and to worship. And so there's just this this constant kind of oppression or, or suppression of the government and of just the local community towards towards believers, towards churches. Yeah. I mean, kind of just reflecting what you're saying, Josh. It is this, like the Christian experience is one of oppression and persecution and a minority of those Christians can actually get the privilege of living in a free society and we are the minority, mm -hmm. um, yeah. which is just really a shift in terms of when we get to, when we are gathered around the throne of the Lord someday <laughs> and we're telling stories, the people that say, oh yeah, one time the government made us wear a mask to worship and one time I really had this unjust thing happen with my insurance agent. Our stories are going to be the ones that are, um, that are like so weak and soft compared to the enormous faith and persistence. And, um, and I would just say enduring love for the Lord that so many of our brothers and sisters, you know, are having to exercise on a day in and day out basis. And a, a brief just word, I think to why, it's important for us to even be having this conversation and to be meditating on this is I think it does also not, not only is it a great need right now, not only is, are there important things to pray for, um, but it does, I think, create a healthier local church body here in this place that we're in where we do have certain privileges and freedoms um, because we are having a moment where we recognize, okay, there are actual brothers and sisters, family members, spiritually speaking, around the world that exist. And hopefully that helps us mm. see one another as family members more. Um, and in the same way that, I mean, just recently how we were blessed by our brothers and sisters in our local church who helped us through having a baby and getting sick, we would have the same posture towards our brothers and oh, sisters around the world. And so yeah. this is, I think, a good moment just for the health of, of our church here and, and where we are. So I want to I want to speak to some kind of action items of maybe how we can get engaged. But it, there's more than just the Central Asia Afghanistan uh, situation going on uh, that I think it, we should at least be conscious of and and, and maybe even prayerful toward. Uh, Barrett, you just obviously came here from Southeast Asia, and obviously one of the countries. It's interesting. You and I were both there about a year and a half ago in Myanmar. Um, give us a little update of what is happening there. Um, and, and, and particularly what's happening for Christians there. Yeah, a lot of times with countries like this, we take our cues from uh, just our normal media sources. And so, you know, when the military in Myanmar took over the government, there were 
some headlines, kind of international headlines for a few days, but then it kind of goes off of everybody's radar and you just don't even think about Myanmar anymore. Uh, this past week, I received an email from one of my former colleagues who uh, serves in Myanmar and is there right now with his family. And um, they were just talking about that. They're actually calling it COVID because it's a it's a combination of the coup and COVID. So they're uh. calling it COVID. So anyway, but I mean, it, it's just an intense time in Myanmar that continues because this coup has taken place where the military is now in power and a lot of the systems of government that were in place and had relative stability have kind of fallen apart. And so you just have this mess of a situation. Uh, it, it interrupts all the um, like food supply chain and, and all that in, in the country. And so many people are starving, are very hungry, and just trying to get food to these people is 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 very complicated. Are, are some of the field team members that I know you were working with, have, are they there or they have, have they all had to get out? No, 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 no. Many of them are still in country yeah, and are trying to, um, trying to, you know, take donations so that they can buy just basic food necessities, rice and eggs and, and things like that. Uh, and so that they can feed the, the poor around them and are trying to meet needs at the same time, also having an eye, obviously towards their spiritual needs and trying to share Christ with mm -hmm. these people. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, it's a very sad situation. We've also got many brothers and sisters that are in a country like Myanmar who are suffering alongside those who are not believers. Um, and so, you know, trying to, there are teams there trying to find ways to encourage these brothers and sisters during this time uh, to both meet physical and, and spiritual needs that are there. And obviously it's not just the Eastern hemisphere that's kind of affected by the effects of the fall. Like we were talking about Jeremy and I, mm -hmm. a situation here in the Western hemisphere. Uh, why don't you give us a little update yeah. there? And I'm sure that, you know, for many of you who are watching the news, you're aware that, you know, a huge earthquake hit Haiti and, you know, different countries have been hit by maybe even a larger um, natural disasters, but a place like Haiti is just, um, the infrastructure is not the same as some of these other places. And so the response is just difficult. Um, the death toll seems to increase by hundreds every day. Um, I remember the first day it was like 200 and 500, now 1200 it looks like, and I'm sure that'll only increase. Yeah. And that's even just of what we know. Um, there's the, there's those that we don't know who died. And yeah, that's just a massive thing that's hard to wrap our minds around, but that's been going on in, in Haiti this past week. And we ought to be praying for them and asking similar questions um, in a in a neighborly kind of way. They are a close neighbor um, mm -hmm. to us. So, Josh, you threw out some kind of prayer points on the Reach the Nations group me text. And so uh, why don't you reiterate those here? How can we be praying in a proactive way as Christians toward these things? Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing that we're we're praying kind of some big prayers that uh, ultimately, that the Lord would change this administration's mind, you know, heart policy in Afghanistan. Uh, we, we feel that if 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 the Taliban continues its you know takeover unabated, it 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 could bring you know 
just a seventh century dark age to to Afghanistan once again, and that would be bad, I think, for for everyone, um, but particularly Christians. And you know, the second thing we're praying for is wisdom for the Christian Church, the the, the Church in Kabul, and and in the greater Afghani Church. Um, there's two pastors, planners, church, local church planners that oversee 13 churches. They've decided to stay. And what we're hearing is that the Taliban already have them on their radar. Um, and it's a matter of time before you know they start going door to door and start requiring um, that either they convert or um, you know pay some sort of penalty, the Jezra as it is in, in the Arab world. Um, uh, or or die. So there's 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 a lot of outcomes that mostly negative here. That if uh, if things don't turn around, uh, we just we just need wisdom. And some are just you know some are leaving. Some are some people are Christians are heading to the Uzbekistan border, the Tajikistan border, uh, possibly even the Iranian border, so they can get to Turkey. And so um, yeah, just need to pray for for wisdom there. And then uh, on the banking financial side, hope they say the banks will be open on Wednesday, but obviously that can be crippling if if uh, if that channel is is closed. And um, and I shared about a one church leader; his daughters are involved in the the church and just uh, seem just trying to decide what to do and where to go. Do they leave or do they stay? And, and I can only imagine the tension that that creates between those who those who leave and those who stay. Um, so we just, we need to be praying for, for these people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, we're going to kind of attach an email to this with some of those prayer points, just so the whole church can see that. And then in terms of just action items, um, I've been moved by this and, um, I, I hope that we all are in some way, um, mm-hmm. action may just be gratitude, right? I think at very least, this is a good day to stop and thank the Lord that you can go to the bank and that you can worship him and that you have just basic freedoms um, because that those things aren't given a given. Um, certainly there's the action item of giving and I'm going to attach, uh, you know, to this email I'm sending out to the whole church, a link a to our like direct missions offering, which goes to IMB personnel. For example, what Barrett was talking about earlier in places like Myanmar and we can help engage with some of their needs and also to the ministry organization that Josh leads help the persecuted, which can you just give us a quick, like give us the two sentence. This is what help the persecuted engages with every day. Yeah. Essentially we have about 38 full-time equivalents, uh, throughout the middle East, North Africa and, and into, into parts of Asia, um, where we handle cases of persecution. Well, some most most cases would would be what we call civic death, where a family member or the government is trying to bring a convert back to Islam, or you know, out, you know, to to, to, to get them to recant. And oftentimes they take away money, uh, they take away passports, they take away take away driver's license, their ability to work and make a living. And so our teams come in with legal support, safe housing. Uh, cost you know, uh, living kind of living expenses and and now what we're starting to work on is uh, actually um, helping them find work and employment out you know once they're outside of that that persecution season and so we our Turkey office is kind of handling guiding this Afghanistan thing we're working with some partners on the ground to actually kind of establish a safe house 
uh, network either in Uzbekistan or Tajikistan for those who decide to flee. That's awesome. And then, and then, so there's the kind of the praying component, there's the giving component. And then, you know, Barrett, uh, Jeremy, um, you guys have, I think both had this heart for going and, and what that looks like. And I know you're, you know, the Lord has spoken to you about just engaging with your lives. I don't know. What encouragement would you give to someone that's, you know, they're a Christian here in America, but they're hearing this and the Lord is just breaking their heart in terms of maybe it's them that God is calling to, to step in the gap. What encouragement would you have for someone like that? Yeah, I think there's something to say for trying to allow the Lord to open our eyes to the rest of the world. And, and, there's no other way to do that than to go see the rest of the world, like actually have your feet on the ground um, and, and visit some of these places. And so, uh, so I, I would say that that's a, that's an action step is to, is to pray and, and mm-hmm. ask the Lord, like, would you provide an opportunity for me to, to, for my eyes to be open to how the um, other parts of the world uh, operate and how, um, yeah, what it's like in different countries. And so pray about pray about going, uh, not just going on a short-term trip. I mean, I, I would say, ask the Lord, would you have me uh, go full-time? Would you have me move to another country? Would you have me be a missionary? Um, so I, that is not, uh, that's a good thing for us to bring before the Lord yeah. and, and, to, and to say, my hands are open. I hold my life loosely. I've given my life to you. Uh, so if you would guide and direct me to do that, I, I'm willing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just a great, I think Psalm 25 is a great Psalm just to pray through. Um, another one is Psalm 31, three, Lord, lead me and guide me for your namesake. Just mm-hmm. ask him to do that. And then at the same time, ask your elder, ask pastors, ask small group leaders, hey, how can I, I'm, I'm sensing the Lord leading me in this way. I'm asking him to lead me for his namesake. What kind of trip could I go on? Or what opportunities do you think there are around me? Or what what do you think I could do? Start asking, start looking um, and seeing where the Lord might be at work. Um, and then just one thing that I've been, I think just convicted by this morning is again, it's easy not to know what's going on. And yet there's actually lots of resources available to help us know what's going on, what the spiritual state of, of Myanmar is, what the physical state of Myanmar is, what the governmental state of Myanmar is. Like there's all these things that we can learn about and, um, and pray about as we're just living our weekly and monthly lives um, so that when these moments happen, we have a better idea of what's going on. And Operation World is a great book yeah. resource that can just, a page has a people group or a country and just all this information. And so I would just say, be a learner after this as well. That's, that's something I want to be more of. I think just reflecting on that, um, there, there is, there is a way that the evil of the Taliban can be overcome. And the way is the gospel of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the power of our Lord. And that will either happen in his redeeming and salvific work or in his work of final judgment. Um, And, you know, I think that that should do something to us. I have great confidence that the Lord will make all things new and right. Um, Obviously, as I think about these parts of the world, I I hope that gospel seed 
can grow and flourish and become um, gospel fruit that changes a community, a village, even a whole nation. We've certainly seen that throughout history. We are the beneficiaries of that in America. A lot of gospel fruit has kind of created the the systems and the understanding of human liberty and freedom that we enjoy. Um, and, and God can do the same kind of thing um, in other parts of the world. But that really begins with someone going and telling and people hearing and believing. And so, um, yeah, I think that's just a great thing to pray through and to think through. So... Well, Josh and Jeremy and Barrett, thank y'all so much. Any any final words you guys have? Yeah, you know, I I, I do want to I want to maybe perhaps caveat that first prayer request. You know, sometimes we we say let's pray or let's pray for the administration to change their mind. But at the end of the day, just hearing you say, um, at the end of the day, we want we want people to come to faith, and we want people to um, we want God to be glorified. And and you know, one thing that I remember about my time in northern Iraq was I would hear over and over and over again, thank God for ISIS. And I, I, w- I was so dumbfounded by this statement made by people from a Christian background or a Muslim background who had come to faith. And what they were saying to me was, if it hadn't been for ISIS, we wouldn't have come to ask certain questions about the Lord. And we wouldn't have come to faith, many of them from a Chaldean Christian background, or in some cases from a Muslim background. And so really, we should be praying that God is glorified in this. And it, and it sometimes there's things that look like evil, and God is able to take that, and he actually uses for, for his good, Genesis 50. So I, I think that you know that should be our yeah. prayer more than more than the administration and so forth. We should be praying that God is is glorified uh, in all things, even these things that look really really bad. Yeah, Josh, I think that's a great point, and um, I, I would piggyback on that just to just to point out that oftentimes when persecution is taking when heavy persecution is taking place in a particular country, we see the church absolutely flourish, and China is a great modern day example of that uh, these last couple of decades that as you know the government has cracked down and become a l- more oppressive uh, uh, through communism that the church in China has just exploded and so these things can happen so we just we just need to ask the Lord to to give us his perspective on yeah. these things and you I mean just to you saw a lot of ISIS refugees come to Indonesia and come to faith also. I remember that was a big part of y'all's ministry Yeah, oftentimes there. when refugees leave their country, or asylum seekers, actually, when they leave their countries, they just seem to have a lot more openness uh, to think about and consider other things, including including the gospel. Right, yeah, and, and again, just to kind of go, it's not wrong to pray that yeah. the Biden administration may change their position. And because, again, like, Governments are something the, God uses the sword, right? Governments are put in place for a reason, uh, for good conduct and not for evil. So we, we know that to be true. But yeah, I think I think along with that, our, just a reminder, our hope is not in uh, any government of this world taking action. It, it is in God making his name glorious and using his people to do so. So mm-hmm. let's be those kind of people. Let's be prayerful people. Let's be generous people. Let's be people that are willing to go and engage uh, so that our God may be glorified and that his kingdom may come. So for Josh Youssef and Jeremy Brooks and Barrett Fisher, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.